Welcome to Wisconsin in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. I'm Cole McNeely. Coming up, we'll take a quick look at one of the top stories from TheCenterSquare.com, and later, regional editor of The Center Square, Bruce Walker, and Wisconsin reporter Ben Yount will take a deeper dive into some of the top stories of the week. Coming up right after this on Wisconsin in Focus, powered by TheCenterSquare.com. Hi, this is Chris Krug, publisher of The Center Square. Our team produces the nationally read and recognized news stories at thecentersquare.com, the country's fastest growing, nonprofit, nonpartisan, state focused news and information site. We deliver essential information with a taxpayer sensibility through reporting that's easy to understand and easy to share with your friends and family. We know that you need information that allows you to understand what the governor and your local legislators are doing. Get the news that you need to know at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. TheCenterSquare.com. Wisconsin's financial picture continues to improve. Governor Tony Evers on Tuesday said the state is ending the most recent fiscal year with a $1.8 billion surplus. The Legislative Audit Bureau noted the state's finances jumped by more than $5 billion in just one year. To read more about this story and many others, visit TheCenterSquare.com. Now for a closer look, it's Bruce Walker and Ben Yount. Thank you, Cole. Welcome to this week's edition of the Wisconsin In Focus podcast. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor for the Center Square. We're recording this episode on Thursday, December 23rd, two days before Christmas. And my guest this week and every week is the Center Square Wisconsin correspondent, Ben Yount. How are you doing today, Ben? It, 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 it is beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. There are, are you there, going to break into a song and dance? No, no. There's the last thing anybody ever wants me to do is sing. But uh, I, I noticed that, that the Amazon guy is wearing a path to my front door more and more and more and more. And I think we've gone through all of the scotch tape in southeast Wisconsin to pack all this stuff up. Well, um, I understand that the uh, real translation of Ben Yount in your native tongue is actually Bah Humbug. <laughs> yes, it, it, it usually it's usually spelled. Where did we get all of this money and why do you people continue to spend my money? Uh, and the bills are forthcoming uh, that, that, that they are that they are in 2022. It was a very good year. So let's get started. We're, we're, it's, it's, even though it's before Christmas, there's all sorts of news breaking uh, every half hour in Wisconsin. And one of the stories that uh, you reported on today is about the Institute for Reforming Government is looking to fight the OSHA vaccine mandate. And I think you're seeing a lot of that in every state. And you're seeing a lot of national battles on this as well. Yeah, this is this is an interesting move because the IRG is a relatively new group. Uh, you know, you would expect something like this from the state's largest business group, which is Wisconsin Manufacturers and Commerce. They are essentially the the manufacturers group as well as the the state's Chamber of Commerce. But but the Institute for Reforming Government and, and CJ Safer runs them. And, and I, I I had the the opportunity to speak earlier today uh, with with several of the guys over it. IRG and it, it, it just is is one of these groups that they say that their their whole mission is to keep government from stepping over its bounds and stepping onto people and nothing says in their mind stepping over its bounds and stepping on people more than this vaccine mandate and the the, the IRG sent out an email 
across the state. I, I got mine in my inbox at the same time I was finishing up the story. It's a great part about getting things before the embargo. Uh, but they're they're asking for stories. And you know this. This is an old journalism school 101 thing. You can either tell the big story by telling the big story, or you can tell the big story by telling the little stories. And essentially what IRG here is doing is they are telling the little stories, as opposed to trying to put together a statewide picture of just how many employees just how many millions of dollars this would take, just how many thousands of jobs this vaccine mandate would, would cost, they're going business by business and saying, okay, we're going to lose 200 of our workers here. We, we, we're going to lose 25% of the 2,000 people who work at this manufacturer out in western Wisconsin. We're going to lose 7,000 people from this business. It's going to cost $3 million for these folks to implement the testing and the, the reporting requirements. And, you know, just like putting together a piece, of, just like putting together a puzzle, may not look like much, but when you start to put it all together, not only do you get the outline, you get the, the, the edges, then you start to fill in and it becomes clear as to what the picture is that you're looking at. And the, the, the Institute, very clear that this is something that is going to kill jobs. Chris Reeder with uh, IRG, was saying that this could be one of the biggest job killers that Wisconsin has seen. And, and, and you cannot underestimate, you cannot forget that this is a state, Wisconsin, where we have a worker shortage. And many of the businesses that would be directly impacted by this, because again, this is for anybody who has 100 employees or more, we're talking smaller manufacturing hubs. We're talking heating and air conditioning crews. We're, we're, we're talking the kinds of businesses, not huge, giant, multinational, multi-state corporations. We're talking a shop of a couple of hundred people here, a shop of a couple of thousand people there. And you take away 25% of the jobs one place, 20% of the jobs in another place. And all of a sudden, you're talking about an awful lot of jobs that have just simply disappeared here in the state of Wisconsin. Well, you have a... A Democrat as a governor in Wisconsin, where, where, where does he stand on this? Is is this something that he would uh, take a stand for or against? Tony Evers has not bucked the Biden administration line on vaccinations or on the coronavirus in any way, shape or form. And, and really, Governor Evers hasn't done much outside of spend millions of dollars in federal coronavirus relief on everything from movie theaters to I think this week it's paying people's waters, water bills. Uh, he hasn't done much of, of, of anything that this is this is not a state because the Republican legislature went to the courts very early on and essentially neutered his emergency powers. They had the Supreme Court rule that the Wisconsin Supreme Court said the governor can only issue emergency orders for for so long. After that, he has to work with the legislature. And because there is this, you know, preview of the 2022 May, uh, gubernatorial election, this governor doesn't want to work with the Republicans, doesn't want to work with the Republicans in the legislature, and doesn't want to have to share power when it comes to the coronavirus with Republicans. So while you see Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan with some of her orders, certainly J.B. Pritzker in Illinois with much more of a top-down order, public health, focus on the coronavirus. You don't have that in Wisconsin. Uh, it's it's mainly cities and counties that are, that are handling this. And so the governor has been relatively silent. Now, 
knowing Tony Evers, knowing how he feels about the, the conservatives who run the Institute for Reforming Government, knowing how he, he tends to feel on pro-business issues, I don't think that this is something that he would support in the least. Uh, but this is also one of the reasons why IRG is doing this. You have other states where the attorneys general have challenged the Biden administration vaccine. You, you have states like Indiana with its Republican control top to bottom, where the state itself is fighting the mandate in court. In Wisconsin, that's left up to private groups. The Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty is handling the legal challenge. The Institute for Reforming Government is handling the, I don't want to say public relations challenge, because they're asking for these stories from small businesses to turn into OSHA as public comment. But yeah, there's very little state-backed pushback to this mandate because, as you said, we have a Democratic governor here in the state of Wisconsin. Gotcha. Well, uh, and anything else along this line of thought? I mean, one of the things you said that kind of kind of struck me in the heart, if, if not straight in the back, Ben, was when uh, you seem to be derisive about uh, your governor helping movie theaters. I'm a, I'm a huge movie fan. So, so. Listen, I'm, I, I love going to the movies. I'm, I'm going to go see, we're, we're taping this on Thursday. I'm going to go see Spider-Man, uh, the new Spider-Man movie after, after we, we, we get done here. I love movie theaters, but you know, you, the, the question is when we have billions of dollars in coronavirus help and it's going to movie theaters and minor league baseball teams and, you know, a, a couple of bucks here or there for somebody's utility bill or rent that while these things sound, sound, sound great in, in, in theory, the, the amount of money that, that is going out the door to help some of these relatively minor causes is, is, is relatively small. And in, in, in defense of the movie theaters, you have to remember that it was the lockdowns championed by this governor and by his Department of Health Services that led to a lot of these movie theaters being empty for the past year and a half that, that, you know, this is a governor who in the early days of the coronavirus was the one out there saying, we're going to limit crowds at bars and restaurants. We're going to close down public gatherings. We're going to, we're going to stop people from being able to live what was their normal life until, you know, the, the March of, of, of 2020. Uh, so it, it is, it is interesting. It, it is an interesting juxtaposition that I'm sure I will be able to find someone to comment on of how, it was Governor Evers' policies that in many ways hurt these movie theaters or minor league baseball teams or what have you. And now, thanks to uh, the CARES Act and, and thanks to the American Rescue Plan, mm -hmm. he now has piles of cash to come in and save some of the industries that he himself harmed. Gotcha. Okay, I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> and 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 let, let's rummage underneath the... Uh, the the Christmas tree here and, and see what we have um, in terms of what you were just talking about, the heavy influx of federal tax dollars into Wisconsin that uh, wound up with a one point eight billion dollar record surplus for 2021. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing what happens when the federal government sends you nearly four billion dollars. The, the the now Wisconsin is in in relatively decent financial shape. Uh, this is something that is unique because I, I I spent a good chunk of my career in Illinois, where it is 
always in a competition with Kentucky and New Jersey and California and New York for the worst run state in the nation. And, you know, Illinois finances are in, are in such terrible shape that not even the billions of dollars from Washington, D.C. got them out of their trouble. So Wisconsin doesn't have, let's let's say, the massive pension debt that some of these other states have. Wisconsin also doesn't have as, as, as large a budget as New York or, or California. Uh, somehow, though, we spend about $40 billion uh, a year, which is almost what Illinois spends. And Illinois has got you know, twice as many people. But yeah, the, the, the Legislative Audit Bureau, if that's not a, an intro to a story that makes you just want to rush out and get all the details, the, the <laughs> Legislative Audit Bureau released its report and you know said that, that essentially $3.9 billion from the federal government helped boost our intake here. $34.6 billion came in the front door uh, in Wisconsin, and we, we spent $31.4 billion of that. I, I'm really bad at math, uh, but the governor and a number of groups were touting that this is a $1.8 billion surplus, and that's that, that's great. You know, The state can always use it. That $1.8 billion in the surplus is in addition to $1.8 billion that is in the state's rainy day fund. So, you know, some of the surplus is going to is going to come back to taxpayers. Certainly, I, I know I know lawmakers, the Republican lawmakers want to give more of it back. But the rainy day fund is set aside in case the, the state's uh, finances take take a turn for the worse. You know, Governor Evers, who and, and this is this is one of these ones where thank God for podcasts. Thank God for for having the opportunity to talk about this on the radio, because when the governor puts out his statements, uh, when when this story gets tweeted out, the governor gets the credit. He, he's talked about paying down the state's debts. The, the quote, we wanted to pay our bills on time so we can continue to build a strong economy by investing in the issues Wisconsinites care about, from schools to roads to affordable health care. And, and you know, if you're writing news for the television in Eau Claire and you don't remember that a year ago the governor introduced a, a budget that would raise taxes by over a billion dollars in the state and raise spending in the state by over a billion dollars. This sounds like Governor Evers is a very fiscally conservative Democrat, and 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 he's he's obviously not. Uh, again, our, our good friends over at the Institute for Reforming Government were quick to point out that it's the Republican lawmakers who've had control of the legislature since 2010 who have really been responsible for turning Wisconsin's finances around. Now, again, we weren't in debt like Illinois. We, we weren't falling apart like New York. We were not Kentucky, which is not only in debt, but just doesn't have the, the ability to grow. Uh, but Wisconsin is a slow growth state. It is a manufacturing heavy state. I, and and we, we're, we're, we're not going to be able to you know withstand huge swings up and down. And that it, it really has been the the model from legislative republicans to live within the means don't raise taxes don't raise spending significantly and and just sort of ride out the storm let the economy grow and uh yeah the, the economy grew a little bit but yeah as as the lab pointed out it is an awful lot of federal money that is helping the state get a nice surplus what what, what all that surplus money is going to go for well, that's part of why we're going to have a governor's race next year to see who gets to spend it well I guess uh, I just heard your heart grow three times today, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> spending so, money. Yeah, it was other people spending money. my money. So, Well, never, sure. I mean, you, when, when I was a kid, my Aunt Myrna would uh, give us 
all of my seven siblings and myself a envelope with 20 bucks in it, which made us all very, very happy. And uh, I'd much prefer Uncle Sam to give me a four billion dollar check. But yeah, well, I did just 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 stop. Just stop taking. You, you can keep what I've given you, but just stop taking more of it from me. That's uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be satisfied with. I'd be satisfied with some of that, but no. And this is this is the thing: is that Wisconsin does stand out in that its its finances really are in pretty good shape. And so, when you're in good shape and you get four billion dollars, this is one of the reasons why, why why Governor Evers here in Wisconsin gets to spend it on the aforementioned movie theaters and minor league baseball teams, whereas J.B. Pritzker down in Illinois has to pay off debt. They borrowed. They're so behind with the backlog of bills. They need to pay for the massive increases in their pensions and the massive increase in Medicaid spending. And so they, you know, the the choices when you don't have a lot of money are much smaller than when your finances are in fine shape. And and this is this is again, this is not something that happened overnight. Uh, you know, the Jim Doyle era saw some some taxing and spending. Tommy Thompson was a tax and spend guy, as as I have been told. You know, once been told a thousand times, the roads in Wisconsin never looked as as good as when Tommy Thompson was governor, because there was never a state project that he didn't want to spend money on. Uh, but but yeah, you know, Wisconsin lawmakers should get some credit for living within their means for the past decade, and so now that when there is this big boom of cash it can be spent on these kinds of frivolous ideas. Well, I think a very good analogy for all of this, uh, a state that was in good financial shape, getting this tremendous influx of federal dollars would be sort of kind of similar to someone making, let's say, a university salary as a chancellor (laughs) and getting a 22% raise. And that is my attempt at a smooth segue into another story that you published this week, just uh, yesterday on Wednesday. And that's uh, the pay raises for University of Wisconsin's top officials. It, it, this is, first of all, $606,000 is just the base salary for what the current chancellor, Rebecca Blank, is making. She also gets a free house. I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that there's a free car because... Every chance with the chancellor at Whitewater gets a car. I guarantee you the chancellor at Madison, the big campus gets a car. So and probably a driver. Yeah. And, and just and, and you know, and, and a matching and a bonus and, and all manners of fringe benefits. And, and listen, I'm very pro worker. Go get your money. Dollar dollar bill, y'all cash rules everything around me i wu-tang clan was right so i'm never gonna i'm never gonna sit here and, and say somebody shouldn't get paid if the money's there if, if they're dumb enough to give you that money you absolutely pick it up and walk out the door and don't give it back but this is taxpayer money and 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 this is the idea of the, the justification from regents and you go ask any university type in any state Go ask him in, in at, at, at the University of Michigan or Michigan State. Go ask him at the University of Illinois. Go ask them any. They will say, well, we have to pay this much. We have to continue to pay these top leaders this much because we got to get the top talent as if there is some bidding war out there for university chancellors. It's, it's only created by the universities 
to do this, there, no one is sitting here saying, well, hey, you know, we need a shift manager for the Wendy's. Uh, we got this guy who was a chancellor at the university, and, and, and we got Jim who just spent a night in jail. I think we'll give the chancellor a try. Now, there, there's no market for university chancellors outside of universities. But there is this crazy race to the top. And, and yeah, Regents, it, it's a 7% bump in pay for the next system president. And that's really kind of misleading because Tommy Thompson, again, former governor, uh, is doing the job on an interim basis and he's getting a little less than a half million. But that's the very base of the salary range because Tommy Thompson is a smart politician and he understands that he shouldn't be taking all of the money. 7% for UW president, a 22% increase for chancellor at UW-Madison, and a 32% increase at UW-Milwaukee. UW Milwaukee may be the second largest campus, but it's more students go to Whitewater for the UW experience than go to Milwaukee. Milwaukee is it's an urban campus, and while it, it has a, a healthy enrollment, it's not the marquee. So why they're looking to bump that pay that much is amazing. But yeah, whoever replaces Rebecca Blank and she's leaving the school in the summer could make up to nine hundred thousand dollars a year. That's almost a million dollars for someone to oversee one university campus. Now, it's a marquee campus. It's a great school. Go Badgers. It's, it's lots of fun. There are lots and lots of people in this state who went, who want their kids to go. There will be no shortage of enrollment. But this is the the, the question that always comes back to is, can't, can't Wisconsin find somebody who'd do the job for $700,000? Can't they find somebody who'll do it for, for, for $600,000? I mean, do you really need a $900,000? And Dewey Strobel, one of the, the conservatives in the Wisconsin Senate, said that he, he absolutely believes that the Board of Regents can find somebody who, can, who will take the job for less than $900,000 a year, that you don't need nearly a million dollars to find a competent replacement. But you know, just just like with Tony Evers, the federal money and and movie theaters, when you're spending somebody else's money, it's really easy to spend a lot of somebody else's money. And the University of Wisconsin is not spending its own money. It's spending taxpayer dollars to hand out these huge salaries. Huh. Well, maybe we could convince the powers that be at the center square that there's a shortage of journalists, Ben. <laughs> I, well, there certainly is, and there certainly is a shortage of good journalists like we have here here at the Center Square. Uh, try go reading some of the local papers or, or the local television stations in the hinterland, and it just it is. I listen. I I remember being twenty two years old, but at least I could I could write a story about a fire or a shooting in a con, in a concrete narrative. You read some <laughs> of this stuff, much less state government. I mean, this is and and not not to to toot our own horn or, or or plug what we do, but I mean, thank God for 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 what Center Square does. Uh, because you know, if these, if these young folks can't get school board and city council stuff, right, there's no way they're getting any of the stuff out of the Capitol. Right. And, and it just is, it, it, this is why we exist. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled to death that they're going to continue to pay me to do it. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to echo that one, but that's about all the time we have for this week. And I'd like to thank you, Ben Young, for being here. Ben is our Wisconsin correspondent for the center square. And you can read all of our state and national coverage as well as listen to our growing library of podcasts at thecentersquare.com. That's thecentersquare.com. I'm Bruce Walker, Midwest Regional Editor for The Center Square, 
Have a great holiday, everyone. Ben and I will be back with a new episode of Wisconsin Focus next week.